Coming up on today's show, the PS5s are in the wild. We've got more details on Ghost of Tsushima's co-op mode. And Henry Cavill is coming back for more of The Witcher. What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast live on twitch.tv slash what's good games every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash what's good games. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Y'all. Hey, Britt, how's it going? Good. I was just bopping to that jingle of ours. You That's know, a good it's jingle. A really good, it's a really good jam. Yeah. Shout out to Dale North, man. Untalented human. He's done so many cool projects since we first had him cook up that jingle for us. It's wild how many different video games he has worked on since 2017. Yeah. I don't even know how many it is. It's like millions. Like 20. Yeah. Well, exactly. Okay. Well, yeah. <sighs> Welcome to the show, everybody. This, of course, is the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. Hello, everybody in chat. Thank you so much for joining us. We're glad that you guys are here. We have some news to get to today, but we do have a couple of quick announcements. Don't forget, Lights Off is back Mondays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. And Britt, you suggested a game that I also got suggested to me by one Trisha Hirschberger, and the game is called... Phasmobia. Phasmophobia. Yeah. Phasmophobia? Phasmophobia? Words are hard. Words are hard. So yeah, this is a game developed by Kinetic Games, and it just came to Steam Early Access. I think it was the 18th of September, so it's really new. And it is described as a four-player online co-op psychological horror where you and your team members of paranormal investigators will enter haunted locations filled with paranormal activity and gather as much evidence of the paranormal as you can. So from what it looks like, Andrea, you and I are going to become ghost hunters yet again. We kind of experienced this in Pacify, but this has already 11,000 reviews, and it's overwhelmingly positive. So That's crazy. I know. I'm very excited. I mean, kind of well, scared, but excited. More screams are going to happen, so hopefully you guys will join us for that. <laughs> and then later on in the week, we're going to be teaming up with some friends tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. Pacific Time. Our friends at Kind of Funny Games are going to be streaming Among Us, and... Hmm, I feel like some members of What's Good Games are going to be among us. So if you guys want to watch us play with those fine folks over at Kind of Funny, that's 11 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow. That's Tuesday, October 6th at twitch.tv slash Games. And then for my Thursday stream this week, friend of the show who hasn't been back in too long, Naomi Kyle, is going to be joining me. We're going to be doing some Animal Crossing Aww. because... The new update is out, and the spooky stuff is really fun. And Naomi and I had been chatting, and she was like, do you want to like go through some Animal Crossing stuff? And I was like, um, yes, I do. <laughs> do you have the mummy costume yet, though? That's the main question. No. So I actually don't have very good um, like selection of the spooky stuff yet. I've only got a couple of things, because the vast majority of the things you put on your island are DIY recipes. Oh. And of course, you know, you have to get the recipes in order to make the things, but I have been logging in and buying the item in the shop every day, and I've been harvesting my pumpkins, so oh. hopefully oh. in the next week or two, I'll be able to amass everything as quickly as possible. This may be, Brittany, what breaks me on my no time traveling oh, shit. playthrough. You know? I think I might have to time travel because I want all of these things now mm -hmm. because I only have, what, three, four weeks to use them before spooky season is over. And then we have to move on to 
holiday stuff. So I'm like, hmm. You know, you do you. It's not a crime. You know, you're the one who has to sleep with yourself at night. So if don't worry about it. You know, if you can Thanks, live Brit. your life knowing you time traveled, cool. I'm just going to call you out to everyone. I appreciate that support. <laughs> um, but we do have some really exciting news that I want to make sure that you guys hear. Um, please give a big, huge congratulations to our girl, Rihanna Manuel. She announced her brand new job this morning. She's going to be working for G4. The <gasps> network is coming back, and we are so thrilled for her. Couldn't be more excited about her new opportunity. Um, so if you guys want to head on over to at Rihanna Tweets now, send her some love because she's kicking ass, and um, she deserves she deserves all of the love. I do want to let everybody know that, yes, she will still come on the podcast from time to time when she's able to, but she's not going to be working with us in the capacity that she was because she's got a brand new job. I'm and we're so very happy and excited for her. Like she, she works so hard. Like she's so deserving of it. Rhea, I love you. Yes. Rhea, come back. I love you, Rhea. Um, and that's it for announcements. Britt, let's kick off the news with this PS5 business. Take business. it away. Yeah, yeah. So this, what the hell kind of accent was that? Anyway, this comes from IGN. PS5 hands-on previews show games, console, DualSense, and more. So, Japanese media and YouTubers recently had a chance to go hands-on with the PlayStation 5. AV Watch was one of those Japanese publications that was able to test out the PlayStation 5, and even though Sony still wasn't willing to show off the PS5's UI, we did learn a couple of interesting facts. One of these is that Sony made the decision to make X the standard confirm button for all regions, and if you say X is cross, I will find you and I will punt you. Not too far. I don't want to hurt you. I just want to let you know it's wrong. It's X, not cross. I digress. In the past, circle was always the confirm button for Japan, while in North America and Europe, X was always chosen. It was also noted how quiet the PlayStation 5 was in action, which will make Simon very happy, which will be a welcome change from how some of the most taxing games make the PS4 sound a bit like a jet engine. Furthermore, AV Watch mentions that the DualSense's buttons also make less noise when pressed as opposed to the DualShock 4. Speaking of the DualSense, 4Gamer gave us a glimpse of how its new light bar looks with various colors, including blue, red, green, and purple. We also got a good look at the PS5 hardware itself, and these previews show up-close images of the PS5 vertically and horizontally. Ooh. Shit's getting real, Andrea. It's getting real. Brett, it's getting so real. Yep. I was taking a sip of my coffee. Sorry, I um, I muted myself there for a second. So <laughs> this is a little bit of the video that came out of Japan that we have been seeing circulate around the internet. I do think it's not surprising that they decided to go with Japanese influencers. I just would have liked to see them go with a wider scope. Maybe some of the creators from South America, maybe some creators in Europe, obviously some creators here in North America as well. But again, because Sony's always been favored because they are a Japanese company, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> not surprising. But no. uh, what what did you think? Anything kind of like take you uh, by take, surprise? Or take you're just me like, for a ride. Nah, it's all expected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all expected. It is interesting how Sony's handling their preview coverage as opposed to Microsoft. And we've talked about this because they only have two days apart with their launch date. So you think. And then again, like you said, Sony's going to Sony. Sony doesn't really need to do a lot of shit right now. Let's be real. They don't have to. But the one thing that I thought was kind of fun that gave me a little a little giggle was the fact that they're making the X the universal button. Now, 
to clarify, this is just for the systems. I'm sure the games in Japan will still have the circle and the and the X do like what they have done. Because I played a game of oh, what was it was recently. It was an old game. Maybe it was Legend of Dragoon on PlayStation. And it's that thing where circle is your confirm button and X is your back button. And oh man, that fucked me up. That's like muscle memory that you can't unlearn with a single game. So I I thought that was just kind of a silly thing. But it's cool that they're doing it. I guess I just feel bad for all the Japanese players that are gonna have to try to relearn their button prompts. I have been struggling ever since I've started playing more on my Switch because they have the buttons reversed. So I just would like them to unify. If Sony, Xbox, and Nintendo could just get together and all agree that the button on the bottom is the button that like is like the okay button. Yeah. We I think would be I think we'd be okay. I don't really care what the symbol is that's on the button. It just needs to be at the bottom. And everyone needs to have it the same. Okay, so if you had to choose one layout to go universal, PlayStation's, Xbox, or Nintendo's, which one would it be? Um, probably Xbox's. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Because that's the controller that I've spent the most amount of time with. That's fair. I think the controller I'm most familiar with is the PlayStation controller. For some reason, I don't know why this is, but whenever it comes to a Nintendo game or an Xbox game, I always get the, the buttons all mixed up. I'm like, okay, where's Y? Where's X? I know always where B is. And then with same thing with Nintendo. Maybe it's because on the PlayStation they use symbols and they don't use letters. Anyway, just makes I would more prefer sense to me. it to be symbols as well. Like I'm with you that the letters on Xbox, I know where all the letters are. And I literally every time I'm in Animal Crossing and I have to like type a message or something, I have to look down and see where the B button is. I know it's the worst. Bank gamer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Commander Rangoth says Nintendo 64 layout. Oh I my mean, I, god, that I abomination! That. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you look at that thing, no wonder we're all gonna have arthritis when we're older. Like that thing is yeah. fucked up. And I appreciate that No Warp Zone says that Nintendo set the standard before PlayStation or Xbox existed, but Nintendo has changed their controller layout more than literally anybody else. So you kind of don't have that argument to go on. Yeah. Just kind of got to throw that out there. That's a good argument. Anywho, we will have more details, of course, on PS5 once we have them in our hands, which we do not know if that will happen before launch or not. You guys may have seen that a lot of people have been tweeting that they have Xbox Series X, and I do want to confirm that Xbox did confirm to me that What's Good Games will be getting access to the new console ahead of launch when... I don't have the exact answer for you, but we will be getting you guys pre-release coverage as soon as we possibly can. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Ah! You know what else is cool, Brit? What, Andrea? Samurais with friends. Ooh. That's right, everybody. We got more details on Ghost of Tsushima's co-op mode, including a release date. So over on the PlayStation blog... They write, and they being Sucker Punch, the studio that developed Ghost of Tsushima, writes that Legends and New Game Plus is going to be coming out on October 16th. The update brings the launch of Ghost of Tsushima Legends, a brand new co-op multiplayer mode inspired by Japanese mythology. It features two-player story missions and four-player survival missions, as well as a raid that will release in the weeks following launch. Brittany, how do you feel about a Ghost of Tsushima raid? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I, I think this is cool content, but uh, it's just that thing, you know? 
I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know how it's going to work. It's an interesting choice for sure. But, uh, you know, hey, it's free. Can't complain about it. I hope it works out well it for everyone. It is free. Um, so a few more details for you guys. In addition to what we've already talked about, you're going to be able to pick one of four classes, starting with their own unique ability. Each class can unlock an alternate ability as you progress as well, earning new class-specific charms and ranged weapons. So the four classes are, and I think we talked about this when they first announced it, Samurai, Hunter, Ronin, and Assassin. Now, you... Or just like the samurai class, right? I is that love, what we talked about? Yeah, I love the way samurai is described. It's described as samurai players can run straight toward combat and stay there. Perfect. That's me. Boom. Face Tank Brit is all about the samurai. So when Steimer and I were looking at this, I had thought maybe assassin or hunter, and she was like, I want to be Ronin. And I was like, that's fine by me. So here's a new trailer that came out this morning talking about the 1.1 update. In addition, version 1.1 includes updates to the single-player campaign based on player feedback, including, of course, that new game plus where you get to keep all techniques, gear, and vanity items from your previous playthrough, but the difficulty will be increased to provide a new challenge. Um, but, of course, you can still adjust it down in the menu if you want to. Plus, you'll get a new horse with a red mane. Ooh, what? Yeah. I didn't see that part. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I don't. I haven't seen any photos of it, but yeah, there's a new horsey with a red mane. Mm, I love horses. Yeah, and yeah. then, of course, you will get the option to enable armor loadouts, which is awesome. This is something that I would have loved to have in my playthrough about having a Ronin build, having like a samurai build, so that you can kind of hot swap between them, especially like the traveler attire, which I feel like never got as much love as I wanted it to. So oh, I love that traveler cool attire because it uncovered all the fog of war around you, which was so useful, especially when you're trying to find and collect all of the things. But I think this Absolutely. is awesome. I mean, I don't see myself ever going back to play. Unfortunately, it's just I don't have that kind of time right now. But, uh, you know, if someone did love this game, there's new armor modifications, new weapon modifications, new charms. There's a new flower you can find to craft new armor. Sounds like it's a really great beefy update for this game, which is awesome. And it's all free. And it's all free. That's the best part. You know, if you bought it, you don't have to pay for it. You can just, you just get it. Just Cue download it. the complainers, because you know they're out there somewhere. Whoa. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. that's what they do. But though, this is, so you just finished this game, right? Not that long ago. Yeah, so on the show last week, on last Monday's show, we talked about potentially doing like a mini spoiler cast on the podcast, but we just ran out of time. We had a lot of other stuff to talk about. So I still want to do that at some point because there's some narrative things that happen in that game that I do want to discuss. There's not like a lot of deep, meaningful narrative choices, but there are a couple of things that I'm like, hmm, I wonder... I wonder what everybody else thought about these things. So, oh, yeah. um, But I did just finish it, and I really enjoyed my time with it, and I'm glad that I did. I'm probably going to check out Co-op Mode just to like check it out, but I'm with you that there's still just a lot of things happening this fall that I might not have time to spend as much as I want, <laughs> mostly because Californicated convinced me to go back to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so I've been trying to mainline oh. my way through, through that. And boy, oh boy. How's that? <laughs> Going. There's just too much stuff. I bought. Okay, I'm gonna have a moment here. Yeah, have your moment. I, against better judgment, spent seventy five dollars on DLC Ugh. for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That's it. I did it. I admitted it. It happened. What? Did I you... bought time savers. 
I bought cosmetics that I'm probably barely going to use. I bought the season pass. I bought a bunch of stuff. And I was like, why did I do this? Immediately afterwards, I was like, this, this feels like a mistake. <laughs> Andrea, you are an adult and your time is very precious. And, uh, you know, you do you. Thanks. That's but my- I, I think what my time spent playing that game over the weekend, because between the stream and this weekend, I've sunk like an additional 15 plus hours into the wow. game. Um, it reminds me that that game had a lot of leveling problems. And I was playing on normal for a long time. But when I hit like the 75 hour mark, I was like, you know what? I'm going to drop this down to easy and see oh, how it yeah. goes. See how if I can, because I just kept getting distracted by all of these random encounters. It's like, it shouldn't take me 15 minutes to take down a huntress, two wolves, and a bear in the middle of the woods. <laughs> You're right. That's fucked up. Um, did you find yourself when you hopped back in as engaged with the story when you left off? I mean, I imagine no, but was it quickly to get right back into the groove? Actually, yeah, it was. I forgot how much I love Cassandra as a character. Mm. And while I think the first half of that story gets a little muddled, when you start to just focus on the mainline campaign, it's much easier to get wrapped into the narrative. I'm really excited to see how they're going to tie it to the modern day stuff because that part of Assassin's Creed, I think, always gets overlooked. But I think what I really am looking forward to is how they're going to take some of the lessons learned and apply them to Valhalla. We have seen quite a bit of coverage and I know that game is coming out very soon, but I really just want them to streamline. (laughs) They said that they're going to. When I spoke to the narrative quest director, um, they said that they were, you know, Trimming the fat, for lack of a better phrase, but mm. I, I told I point blank told them I don't believe you. No, I mean even in the preview events, I know you've got to see it. And I've got to see a little bit of Watch Dogs from like last yeah. year. Those were big maps. There's a lot there. I don't know what fat has been trimmed. Probably fat that didn't need to be trimmed. You know? Yeah. Well, they confirmed that the actual map size is technically bigger than Odyssey was, but that there's not as many things to do that it's more concise as far as like your quests are concerned. And I was like, hmm. That's it. That's weird. That's a choice. That's a, yeah, I that guess. is a choice. So a bigger map, but less to do. So it's going to be kind of like Breath of the Wildy, where you just have like this fast openness. And you're like, oh. And I kind of like that because dang, that game is pretty. Like, I remember it being beautiful and taking a bunch of screenshots, but going back and seeing the updates that they have done, I'm just like, whoa. The game is really, really well done as far as art is concerned. And Ubisoft has always been really great with their art teams, and Mm. it's just a beautiful game. And Valhalla, from what I've played of it, is also a very beautiful game as well. So I actually am looking forward to the idea that it's maybe more like Breath of the Wild because I was actually thinking about how they must have taken some inspiration as I was climbing up a cliffside and how in old Assassin's Creed, you had to look very specifically for where the handholds were. But now it's like you could climb pretty much anything. Yeah. It's like, you know, Breath of the Wild impacting all of Ubisoft. I'm sorry, I'm being silly. That's absolutely not the case. But I think about Immortals Phoenix Rising when you play that game. Like, oh, I see what you did here. Um, and I see Doc Brooke in the chat talking to California Cated because of obviously California Cated taking a victory lap for getting me to play. <laughs> asking, how do you feel about being a lesbian Viking warrior queen? Oh, my best life. Sure. You yeah. can live that life in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. My best life right there. Exactly. Um, 
speaking of people who wear lots of armor <laughs> oh, and nice. have long flowing locks. Ooh. Ooh, very well done. <laughs> there were new photos released, Brittany, of Henry Cavill as Geralt <sighs> in The Witcher. You know, so these photos are day. actually from season two, but... If you wouldn't mind reading the story while I pull oh. up the B-roll. I mean, I would prefer just to look at the pictures, but let's go. Okay. <laughs> so The Witcher on Netflix has season three confirmed via multiple sources. So season two of The Witcher started filming in London earlier this year with a planned release sometime in 2021. However, the shoot was suspended back in March as Netflix caused paused filming on all of its films and TV shows in response to the coronavirus pandemic. Netflix has since resumed production on the second season of the Henry Cavill-led show after being given the green light to start filming again. Through its first four weeks of release, 76 million member households chose to watch this action-packed fantasy starring Henry Cavill, Netflix said in its Q4 earnings report. Netflix also cited how the premiere of The Witcher drove up sales of The Witcher books and games around the world and spawned a viral musical hits. Oh, I had no idea there were that many people who watched The Witcher. Um, But these were the photos that were released this morning. So this is one. And then this is the uh, (laughs) let me scroll here. Let me move this down. (laughs) This is the other one. Like, uh, oh, yep. That armor looks pretty cool. I mean, if that's what you're looking at, Andrea, that's great. (laughs) You know, props to you. But like that's certifiable daddy status right there. Just throwing it out there. Um, Dang. It definitely feels like they got him a better wig this time. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm feeling a certain way. Um, I still have only... <laughs> I've only seen one episode of The Witcher. I, I'm very sad about that. I know. I need to catch up. I, there's so much shit I need to watch. If I could just pull myself away from Judge Judy, maybe I would get somewhere. Listen, I get the comfort food. We're in a very stressful period of life right now yeah and it's only going to get more stressful from now through november with the impending election in the united states so and you know the pandemic is about to come head to head with flu season so you know stress is a thing that's gonna happen um and so sometimes you just need the thing that makes you feel good and is 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 what you know Judge and there's Judy. nothing wrong with that yeah Call Terry and chat says his armor has more abs than I do. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, we could just put that photo up and that could be the whole stream. But, um, you know, it's OK. All right. It's true. Mm. It could be. Um, I was excited to hear that they have season three coming. I think that there's so many stories to be told in the Witcher universe. Obviously, these stories are based off of the books, which if you haven't read, highly recommend you do. They're very good. I, w- I would really like to see them cross over into... What the games have done, because as you mentioned in the story, the series has spawned a lot of people to go back and play the games that never did. And I don't think it's debatable that without the video games, Netflix probably never would have made the the Witcher series. I don't know enough about it. I don't know if anyone gives a rat's ass about video games or takes the industry seriously. Then again, we are getting a bunch of Resident Evil shows, so that could have some weight to it. You know, true, very true. It, it is exciting. I'm just though. waiting for like the Fortnite animated series to become a thing. Oh my I'm god! Actually, I'm actually kind of surprised that it hasn't happened. Yet. Have you seen what's that really popular baby show? So like called Coco Melon or something. 
Have you seen? It's like the baby. Is that the baby I'm shark? I'm not familiar with child content. I have I have a two year old little cousin, and that's all he watches. And it's like this Coco weird Melon. Scene. Yeah, there it is. Nursery rhymes and kids songs. Yeah, I feel like that could be the next Fortnite. I would take that over Coco Melon any day. No offense, Coco Melon kind of freaks me out. I think there's probably like some satanic shit going on in there. You know, baby shark to do to do to do, and then the devil appears. He's like, hey, fuck you, and then you're gone forever. <laughs> Oh, yes. Mr. Yasmin also reminds us about the Monster Hunter film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's like this is what I was, what I was getting at. Is it's, it's exciting because I feel like we're finally getting some good quality video game film adaptations. You know, we have Netflix. We have, I mean, I'm confident about the Resident Evil stuff, but that's just my fan bias going on. The Monster Hunter stuff, the Uncharted film, if you're going to believe Tom Holland, says it's one of the best awesome projects. He's so excited to be working on it. It's going to be really good in his eyes. I don't know. It's. Do you think we're turning a corner, Andrea, is what I'm trying to say? Where video game nerds rise up and take over the earth? That too, but I was talking primarily about maybe we can actually start getting some good video game films and series. Yes, yes I do. I think that Detective Pikachu really was the turning point. Yeah. At least for me, when I think about good video game movies. I mean, I, I'm obviously like a diehard fan of the 90s Mortal Kombat film, but yeah, I wouldn't call that... <laughs> a quality content. <laughs> <laughs> I also really like the Doom movie back in the day. I don't think I've ever seen the Doom movie. Yeah, with The Rock. Oh, yeah. The Rock was in it? Oh, yeah. Unless I'm making now that I up. Now I have to go Hold watch on. this. The Rock Doom. I hope I did not just make that up. No, he was in, yeah, it's a 2005 movie. <laughs> Hold on. Is there a trailer for this? Doom, uh, yeah. The Rock trailer. Yeah. He was Sarge, yes. Uh, we're not going to watch this whole thing because we'll definitely get a content ID on it. But let me scroll ahead here. Where is it? Oh, all you people in chat saying it was bad. Ugh, you just don't know fun. I mean, it probably was bad, but, I mean, you know, that's all right. It's all about setting expectations. Well, we definitely got a little distracted there, everybody. Yes. How about we get back to the news? Next story, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered is coming to PS4, PC, Xbox One, and Switch next month. So this is exciting for me as a Need for Speed fan, but I have to be honest. I say that literally every single time, Brittany, that I'm excited about new Need for Speed, and then I spend like five hours playing it, and then I put it down never to play it again. <sighs> Why is that, Andrea? I don't know. Maybe because a lot of the newer Need for Speed games just don't have the magic that they held for me back then. And obviously the team at Criterion is different. A lot of the core members that helped make Need for Speed what it is left that team and mm. started their own studio making games, which we, we, t we saw them at PAX East earlier this year, actually. So um, it's, it's, I don't know. I feel like I want to see this, but I don't. November 6th is the release date. Uh, the Nintendo Switch version is coming on November 13th. It's a collaboration between Stellar Entertainment and the original de developer Criterion uh, that worked on the Burnout Paradise remastered game, if you guys ever checked that out. So if you're interested, now you know. Just add one more game to the November pile. I do kind of think that EA picked the wrong time to release it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you, know. There's the, you know, November, that's kind of a really big month. That's an interesting choice, but hey, you know, cool. Yeah, November yeah. 13th, that's the day after PS5's launch. 
Man. Yeah, that week is going to be busy. There's a lot happening in the in that week and the week after. Say, but November, I do want to wait. What was that? Brent? Oh, I'm saying November in general. There's just a lot going on in November. I'm really excited for November. I'm also very, very much clenching every butt muscle in my body regarding November. You know, it's just like I kind of just want to get blackout drunk the whole time. But I don't because I want to remember the good parts of November. You know what I mean? Yes. OK. Yes, I do. Cool. I know what you mean. But yeah, don't get blackout drunk. We got lots of games to play. Oh, yeah. We got got stuff to do, Brittany. I I do want to, while we're talking about EA, um, give a little, in case you missed it from last week because we didn't cover it on the podcast, Xbox, when they were announcing some additional details about the Bethesda acquisition, in addition to revealing that there's 15 million Xbox Game Pass users, also revealed that Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members are going to get access to EA Play as part of that subscription starting November 10th. And beginning in December, members with Ultimate or PC subscriptions will be able to download and play games from the EA Play library on Windows 10 PCs. So this is actually quite a big addition to the already great value that Xbox is presenting gamers with Xbox Game Pass going into the holiday and into the new generation. Yeah, Game Pass, man, that's where it's at. I think this is awesome. I mean, it's just, I don't know. How can you not want a Game Pass? How could you not look at that and be like, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. Well, if you only play Demon Souls, you might just not want to pay for a Game Pass. I might just want to buy it and be done with it. Valid point, Andrea. It's very valid. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're like you, Brit, and you only play games on your Super Nintendo. Come on. Come on. Just kidding. That joke is so 2018. I know that you're playing on your Xbox right now. You're playing games and stuff. I, I see you log in from time to time. From time to time. I actually play games, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not just talking it's, out of my ass. It's true. <laughs> Brittany Brombacher, everybody. Would you believe it? Plays video games. News at 11. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's going to do it for most of our news. We do have one more in case you missed it. Cyberpunk 2077 has gone gold. Congrats to the team at CD Projekt Red. I know a lot of us are very excited about Cyberpunk. And after talking last week about the story on the message that came from the studio about the crunch that they're experiencing, I'm sure they're all very excited to hit this huge milestone for any development team so i'm pumped very exciting for them also in case any of y'all want to spoil yourselves which i would not recommend you do it looks like one of the map the map has leaked i think it's a map yeah i think it's i think what it is it's a physical map that comes with the physical goods of cyberpunk maybe it's a collector's edition i'm not entirely sure but there is a map out there that's floating around of some significant locations and i think some unannounced locations too so if you don't want to spoil yourselves don't look at it. It happens. Yeah. It's just, it happens, sadly. Um, so uh, G6O asks, are they still on mandatory overtime or is it going to be optional? I don't think they were ever on mandatory overtime based off the stuff that I read, but I would have to go back and double check. I think it was mandatory. I do mandatory. know that they made a, it was mandatory? The mandatory six days a week, I think, is what I remember reading. It was going to be, become a mandatory thing. Hmm, interesting. But I do know that they were being compensated for their overtime. Exactly, yeah. Be- getting, still- getting, you know, forced into overtime is never fun for anybody. But as we discussed on the podcast last week, 
there are very specific reasons for it. And as Steimer mentioned, the real concern is if this was ongoing and not just right before launch. And I don't think we have details about that yet. So yeah. can't comment on that. But we on the podcast went into a discussion about times when crunch is acceptable, times when it is not, but always, always, always needs to be compensated 100% of the time. Exactly. Exactly. That's all I have that's to say all, about yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, it's like, it's like, the, it's like the, what's what's the other topic we always talk about that comes up? I don't know. There's a lot lately. Apple Epic, except that's a story that's been really quiet, actually. Apple, Apple Thank and God. <laughs> I know. I feel like with the hearing that went underway, you'd start hearing some shit, but we haven't heard anything, which again, I'm kind of happy about. <laughs> yeah, it's probably because the thing is like, generally speaking, trials especially of that nature move at a glacial pace which is what we anticipated and I'm kind of glad that we're not hearing anything about it because there's just too much else going on I'm just like I can't deal with one more thing I know but yeah we could you know talk about people who wrote questions into whatsgoodgames.com slash dear WGG let's do that Okay, I'm going to pull up the doc to see if there's any new ones. Britt, you want to read this first one? Yeah, this one comes from Nick. Nick writes, Hey, WGG, I'm a new listener working my way through your backlog, so I'm not sure if you talked about this before. I've been wondering for a few years now how to balance serious relationships with gaming. I've only been in one relationship before, which was in college, so between school and spending time with my girlfriend, I didn't have much time for games. Now I have a job instead of school, and while I'm single for now, I worry about how to balance gaming and relationships. Thanks for the great podcast. I look forward to each episode. Thank you for writing in, Nick. Yeah, we've, we've gotten questions like this before. I don't know about like this very specific one. But I think the thing that I always think, because I went through something similar where I had an ex and he didn't quite understand my gaming hobby and passion and it kind of caused like a riff, um, is whenever you, f- whenever you feel like you're ready to invite someone or something new into your life, whether it's a pet or a partner, that obviously is going to take up like a chunk of your time, a chunk of your life away from you, but it's kind of up to you to set those boundaries and make sure that's something you want and that's something you're ready for. And if you feel like, I don't want to give up any of my time, you know, for a partner or a relationship, then I think that's an important thing to self-reflect on be like, maybe now is not the time. That said, when or if you find or meet someone and if gaming is something that's very special and important to you, that person, first and foremost, should support that. And obviously there's a healthy balance that needs to follow as well. Right. If you're like not going on dates or you're bailing on your significant other or et cetera, et cetera, and it becomes like a bad habit or a recurrent instance, then that's an issue. But I think it's all about checks and balances. Just finding out what Very works. well said, Britt. Thanks. My husband and I had to have a balancing conversation when I found myself playing too many raids in Destiny 2. <laughs> Because the thing is, like, when you're playing with other people, obviously you're spending time with your friends, but it means the person who's there at home with you doesn't get to see you, especially when you're doing something as intensive as a raid where you don't really break your concentration to kind of multitask. So I think what Bert said is is spot on, balance. Yeah. It's all about balance. But about I balance. echo and second the idea that you should have a conversation with a potential partner first about your lifestyle and about the games that you like to play and about how much time a week you want to set aside to play those games 
either by yourself or together so that they have a realistic expectation. And if your partner's not cool with that, maybe that partner is not the partner for you. Yeah. And I mean, just to speak on that, too, it's something still with Jason and I that we have to talk about often, because if I'm playing, let's say, like when we got our TLU2 code, right, like that was kind of a a crunchy time because we had to put a lot of time into it to finish it because we didn't get that much time before embargo. And then I always give him that heads up like, hey, this weekend, I'm going to be nose to the grind playing this game. I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, Z with you. And he supports it because obviously he's like the best and he's a husband and he supports what I do. But, you know, it's something that I think just got to consistently be chatting about. Just keep that open line of communication. Yes. Yes. Communication is key, everybody. Um, it was interesting because right after we we moved on from cyberpunk to see all these questions in the doc about cyberpunk. Um, so it, just a quickly, because I've seen people mention it in chat, too. Yes. I saw the Twitter beef between Jason Schreier and Paris oh, Lilly. Boy. That happened this morning. Here's the thing. That's not news. We wouldn't normally cover that. I'll say that both of them escalated that very quickly in a way that didn't need to be. That's just people being rude to each other on the internet. And obviously, we got Paris's back. Duh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously. I mean, I will speak for myself. I don't want to volunteer Brittany, but... Oh, oh, there's no question. Like, Team Paris all the way. If I had a a picture of Paris right now, I was... Forget it. I'm getting weird. Yeah, let's go, Team Paris. Yeah. Team Paris. No, it's just just unfortunate. This is why, Andrea, I don't think I've told you this. I have uninstalled Twitter for my phone. Good for you. And it has been the best thing. Because, like, all day, every day during the weekday, I'm on my computer anyway, so I have it on my desktop. But, friends, this is what I would encourage you to do. I also thought I could not live without Twitter. I thought it was too important to X, Y, Z, and I need it for these reasons and that reasons. I need to be up to date on the minute. Uninstall it. Give yourself like three to four days and then see how you feel. See if you really need it because chances are you'll find that you don't. And it is kind of an interesting little slap on the face when I log back in on Monday morning on my desktop. And it's just almost like this. I know right now things are tough. But it's just like this wave of like this wall of negativity and energy. And you know, some people are great, but a lot of people are just complaining about stuff. And oh, man, it's really great for the old lump between uh, between your ears. Just give it a shot. Just give it a break. See how you do. Anyway. Brittany, that's a really interesting idea. One that I might, con- I might contemplate doing. I do really love. Sorry, my hair is getting cut in my headphones. I do really love like scrolling Twitter like when I'm in bed, like it's like it's part of like my wake up is to scroll Twitter, but I could scroll TikTok instead. There you go. So yeah. Delete Twitter from my phone mm-hmm. and just scroll TikTok. You should. I also used to scroll through Twitter. And then what you don't really realize as you're scrolling through all that stuff, you're kind of picking up like these negative vibes sometimes. And it just kind of takes one negative tweet for that to kind of for you to absorb it. I mean, speaking for myself anyway. And I think TikTok is, tends to be more like upbeat, positive, like, haha, we're doing a silly dance or we're like doing the new generation's version of planking on things. I don't know. I don't know what these kids are up to these days. But <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know what planking what the what the new generation version of planking would be. Do we have do we have any any zoomers in the chat that could let us know? I don't think the the cold water bucket whatever that was oh the ice bucket challenge yeah that was that was a little different i feel like i feel like they actually had a purpose well yeah dabbing is not bad fix it richie mm-hmm. but dabbing feels like it was not dabbing feels like it was happening like years ago 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the thing I see is just people taking a random song on TikTok and then doing some like little ritual to it, like some sort of like choreographed dance or something. Yeah. That's like it, right? Choreographed TikTok dances are a big thing. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Man. Fortnite dancing does feel like forever ago, VG stuffed. I'm with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't think I'm hip anymore. You know, I thought I was once one of the cool kids. And now these kids are talking about their TikToks. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Have you explored TikTok at all? Not really. I mean, if something goes viral, I'll see it on a BuzzFeed article and I'll watch it. I get the idea of it, but I don't like actively scroll through the feeds of the TikToks, of the talks. That's not a bad choice, but I feel like you might really enjoy it. Um, And yes, for people who are wondering, the Ice Bucket Challenge was originally a push for fundraising for ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and awareness about ALS and how it affects people and getting money for research because not only is it like a degenerative, really awful disease, but it's something that affects all different kinds of people, particularly professional athletes are subject to um, it. And so I feel like if you guys want to learn more about ALS, <laughs> you could just Google Ice Bucket Challenge. Yeah. <gasps> all right. It's Vine for kids. Danny, that's not about. Oh, remember Vine? Yeah, oh, Vine. Vine. That was a thing. I wanted to ask one more question here that I saw. It was from last week, but okay. I thought maybe it would be interesting because I actually don't know if this is something that you're following. But David asks, has Brittany checked out the new Left for Dead 2 update? I haven't. Knowing that you're a zombie fan. I haven't, no, but I heard about that. And I thought it was kind of interesting that it got an update. I think it's great that it got an update. But no, I haven't checked it out. You know, Left for Dead, while it was fun, it just didn't pull me in I think in the way I thought it would I'm pretty sure I finished it back in the day but I've never had any desire to really go back and play it again so I don't know if I will check it out probably not I won't bullshit you it's called the last stand update so this is actually a community made official update which I think is really interesting And it includes more than 20 new survival mode maps, updated animations, restored voice lines, new melee weapons, two mutations, 30 new achievements, and a plethora of bug and exploit fixes. You guys can read the whole update. Actually, PCGamer.com is where I'm getting this information. It's a community team of more than 30 people working together with Valve for nearly a year. Um, It's going to be free for all players. And... um, that's kind of crazy that 30 people worked on this with Valve and they just decided to to put it to put it live because yeah. you know PC gamers like playing the same games for for decades. <laughs> was that a dig at PC gamers maybe? Maybe it was. <laughs> the way you just worded that the tone of your voice that was perfect. <laughs> I don't know. It was great. I did see someone in there going after a zombie with a pitchfork. And like what the fuck? Don't ever do that. Assuming the zombie apocalypse won't actually happen, but you know what? It's 2020. Who knows what could happen? Don't ever go after a zombie with a pitchfork unless it's already on the ground and it's incapacitated and you just need to finish it off. Friendly zombie tip of the day. I'm very passionate about this. That's a good tip. Thanks. Write it down, everybody. And yes, Kieran Field, it was shots fired. But look at JC TikTok says we do, damn it. And then Escania says playing CSGO for 20 more years. See, you guys know. It's just the truth. I just speak. I just speak the truth here. Um, but I think it's interesting that Valve has remained silent as far as 
talking about what they're doing, what they're working on. I don't know if they're intentionally trying to just stay out of the path of everything that's happening with the new console launches or if they're just sitting back counting their Steam profits. I mean, that would not be a bad hobby to have when you just sit back <laughs> and just count all that sweet, sweet money coming in. Was their last project Valorant? Was that uh, it? No, Val- Valorant, Valorant was Riot Games. Sorry, not Valorant. What was that card game that Steam did? Or was Artifact. that Valve? Artifact. Art- yeah, Artifact. Thank you, Cal Tayer. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was that it? The last thing that they actually worked on and then it failed miserably? I think Half-Life Alex is probably the last, the last big thing right. that they did, even yeah, though that, yeah, yeah. of course, was VR exclusive. Um, I still think that they should make a version of that game for PC and consoles, but that's just me. I think that it would be really great to see them come back this generation, knowing that the hardware on the consoles is very close to what we're getting in gaming PCs now, and say, hey, it's time for us to bring back our franchises that you guys know and love. Bring back Portal. Bring back Half-Life. Do something new for Counter-Strike. Do make something. a new Left 4 Dead. Or give someone you else so the rights. You got so many IPs, Val. Just make it happen. Yeah. If you're not going to do it, give to someone else who can do it justice. Please. Like, those are such great IP. And <laughs> Maybe, like you said, they're too busy counting their money, Andrea, and they don't care. They're like, you know, we have so much money to count. We don't need to count any more money. It'd be more, too much of a burden to count more money. Imagine if okay. Microsoft just came over the top rope and said, all right, that's it. We're buying Valve. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough whiskey in the world for that, but that would be incredible. <laughs> like, we're done. We're done with this pussyfooting around with PC. We're going to take over the PC market. We're buying Valve. It's all on Game Pass. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> that would be it. I, I don't know. I don't know how I... Oh, wow. <sighs> I mean, it's never going to happen. Don't, don't get your panties in a twist, as Brittany likes to say. Everybody. <laughs> it would yeah, be insane and not realistic. And it obviously less competition is not good for anybody. I'm just saying it wow. would be it would be an interesting hypothetical to ponder. Wow. I know. F- fix fuck I can't fix it. Richie says, Shh, don't tell twenty twenty that. I know. Twenty twenty is like hold my beer, bitch, I'll make it happen. Can't say anything too loud. This time That's true. Yeah. Just when you think twenty twenty oh. could not get any wilder. Microsoft buys Valve. Still going. Well, I mean, after all the stories we did looking at just how much money Microsoft has, I mean, they could afford it. <laughs> oh, my God. So. Yeah, I know. After they spent, like, all the billions of dollars. Like, yeah, we're looking at buying other studios if it makes sense. Could you imagine, Andrea? Just just having that shit in the bank in cash. And being oh, like, boy. Just spend a few bill. A few bill. You know, it, it does make me want people with money to do more with it but i have to say we have to give props to the bill and melinda gates foundation because they do a lot of humanitarian work with the gobs of money that they've made from microsoft over the year far more than any other private individual has ever done i think they're the number three humanitarian aid relief giver under the united states government and the government of the united kingdom and then it's bill and melinda gates foundation or at least it used to be but yeah yeah Mm, PC gamers everywhere are holding their chins going, what would a future be like if Game Pass Ultimate included all of Valve's first-party IP? Mm. Wow. That would be a world. How many more tens of millions of subscriptions would they be able to get? Tens of millions. (laughs) Yeah, dude. (laughs) 
Now I'm just thinking about it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, you know, think well, about how it would change Steam sales forever. Let's just, you know, take this little episode, clip it, archive it, put it in a time capsule, bury it out in the back of the yard underneath the oak tree, and then we can come unbury it in like 90 years. And then Andrea, sorry, baby, you'll be long dead by then. But, you no, know, it's true. Your great great grandchildren or whatnot will be like, oh, my great great grandmother Andrea predicted this would happen. And then it did. <laughs> and there's your story. That's your legacy. Congratulations. <sighs> Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, look at this. Um, I was just going to get ready to wrap up the show. Uh-huh. And then friend of the show and one of our fantastic mods, who I believe is still in the chat, Doc Brooke, wrote in and says, not necessarily a question, but more of a squad up type thing for WGG folks. The nanobiologists and I are running a Twitch charity stream to support the DC Food Project COVID-19 relief program on Sunday. If anyone wants to play Fall Guys with us from 4 to 10 p.m. Eastern time, have them hit me up on PSN or Twitch at Doc Brooke. She's also in our Discord, so discord.gg slash what's good games. Um, both Nano and I will be streaming it on our Twitch channels and we'll love to fall as a full squad into the new mm-hmm. season of content while raising money for kids who rely on subsidized school meals. Doc Brooke, that is awesome. I think that that sounds super fun. Um, I don't have my calendar in front of me, but I think that maybe I'm going to push my way on to a, your team for a little bit. Um, that is a, such a great cause and something that I think not a lot of people are talking about, just the overwhelming need for foods and food banks to get help during the time of the pandemic. So good for you. Um, thank you so much for for being you and being awesome. Yeah. We love you, Doc Brooke. It's true. Do you have any final thoughts, Brittany? No, Doc Brooke is awesome. And all I'm saying is if Microsoft buys Valve, we want 10% of the world. We'll take 1%. We'll take 1%. Heck, I'll this. even take 0.1%. Oh, see, I think you're, you're stooping too low. You, you need at least fight mm-hmm. for a half a percent. Okay. Know your worth. 0.5% it is. We'll take it. That's how you negotiate, everybody. That's how you do it. I'm going to have Britt rub me on all future deals yeah, just for yeah. this. I got you. We'll we'll make so much money together. (laughs) Thanks, Britt. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for our show. We'll be back later tonight with Lights Off here on Twitch, so please do join us then. And for now, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. I was about to say thanks for stopping by, San Diego, but that'd be me stealing Veronica's tagline. Can't do it. All right, goodbye, everybody. Okay, bye.